From the movie house to your widescreen at home, Radio 111's Going to the Cinema and the streaming services on Flicks and Picks with Brian Mendoza. So grab your popcorn and beverage of choice and step into our screening room for our weekly forum on film. Now, here's Brian. And just like that, it was pretty mediocre. (laughs) Hey, welcome back. I'm here to talk about that Sex and the City revival and just like that, which follows the lives of three, not four women in their 50s, navigating love, romance, children, um, let's say woke politics, and just overall the city. And that's what it's basically all about because you'll hear about it soon enough. There's just not a lot of consistency. And I just want to make one specific clear, uh, one thing specifically clear about this. I am not at all against any show coming back. I do believe that there are certain shows and certain um, films that do demand a revisitation, that we could have a revival of it. And I think that in the case of Scream and Twin Peaks and other said properties like Cobra Kai, coming back as a TV show is not a terrible idea. And for me... The idea is that you have to have a good reason to do so. And it isn't just, oh, well, you know, we just need more programming for HBO Max. And in this case, I think And Just Like That was made with the mindset of having a story. But the problem is we have a story by people who don't know how to write a story. So I'm going to bring this up pretty early on. Michael Patrick King is not a good writer. I have never thought that his run on Sex and the City was necessarily the best one. Darren Starr, in my opinion, was the person who really made Sex and the City an inventive, uh, relatable show about relationships and love, and had amazing, thoughtful characters back in the first six seasons. But then Michael Patrick King kind of comes in and adds some of the toilet humor and some of the dumb jokes. But you know what? They worked. And so some of the elements of Sex and City that haven't aged well, well, I'm going to attribute them to Michael Patrick King because there's no reason why he wrote the the first and second film and they turn out to be pretty bad. The first movie I can kind of forgive as being a misstep because that finale in the first uh, series of Sex and the City was great. It was a great finale because it gave a very concise end to each character's arc. Like a character that was traditional, like Charlotte, had a non-traditional ending at the end. Um, A character like Miranda, who was non-traditional in the beginning of the show, grew to embrace love and traditionality in a way that fit their non-traditional element. And then you had someone like Carrie who finally got her stuff together and actually got to be with the man she loves at the end of the show. And Samantha got to embrace and be open and be vulnerable with a man for once in her life, but also get some really good sex. So, you know, you have characters who are likable and, and they just get their finales Perfectly, And I think Sex and the City is one of the greatest finales on television history. So I got to say that I was satisfied back in season six when the finale premiered. And so, you know, there's no reason to continue it, seemingly. The movies 
as Kim Cattrall puts it very nicely, a bonus extra. That first movie, in my opinion, was a misstep, as I've said before, totally messed up some of the parts of the finale, but then it seemed to get its stuff together by the end. And I understood some of the direction it was going, I just didn't think it was all that necessary. You know, you could just get that finale from season uh, six and you'd be good. The problem with the second movie was that it's racist, and I'm going to leave it at that. It's Islamophobic. It's a terrible movie just on all fronts when it comes to that. So when I heard And Just Like That was coming out, I had some, uh, I'm going to say doubt about its quality, but I also had some hope. My hope was that, yeah, they're actually going to take some time to put out a 10-episode miniseries that's going to take its time and develop characters, you know, and maybe it'll work out because we have the three women, you know, still committed to their parts. Maybe we don't need Samantha as much. I mean, I still think of it as a show about four women, and one of them just conveniently goes missing all the time, you know, and the problem with and just like that is that it my doubts for it were starting to come true when I realized that they were trying to make retribution for certain mistakes from the past. Like I understand Sex and the City was famous for having very minimal like characters of color, but my concern was that the characters of color in the series were going to be well performed by the actors but that they were going to be put as background decorations again and you know what that's the case this time around before we get into that i do want to say that this time around and just like that it is just the three women um carrie charlotte and miranda and their storylines and their lives and that's basically it and the thing is that i'm going to get into some spoilers now so if you are not seeing the show or you are you're still watching it and you're not sure if you're going to finish it i'm just going to give a quick thing i think it's a pretty mediocre tv show i think it has some of the most unlikable characters in television history like shay diaz so i just want to say that really briefly that it's not that good and so i would give it a two stars out of four maybe even less but I do want to say that for me to really get into why I didn't like this show or why I didn't care for it as much, I have to give spoilers. So that was your warning. But in general, we got to get down to it. So the first storyline I want to tackle is Carrie's storyline. Now, her character has been through everything with Big. And now Big dies. In the first episode of the series, she has this blissful life with Big and then he dies. And then we have this whole storyline about how he is, how he was as a husband. And that storyline then gets abandoned. So basically the whole arc for Carrie, if you call it an arc, is her grief over her husband's death. And I don't think that that's a terrible idea. Like, I know that this is going to sound problematic, but I know that Big is supposed to be significantly more older than Carrie. And I think that having him die before her is a legitimate thing for the show to address. Like, I know that he's only supposed to be like 10 or 15 years older than her, but it, it makes sense for him to die before her and actually have her deal with the death. And I think that that is an interesting storyline. But the problem, and I, and I say this very generously, 
is that it's inconsistent. There's a lot of going back and forth about whether or not it's okay for Carrie to start dating again, whether or not Carrie should even, you know, talk about her husband dying anymore. Maybe the, that one scene towards the finale where she said, you know, death is the ultimate breakup, I thought was not funny. I, I was like, what is this character's arc? I, I didn't feel like that that was a earned moment you know what i mean like that was not earned and i feel like towards the end of the series that carrie storyline was inconsistent and there was no real conclusion to it and i feel like the whole wow we gotta throw away these ashes and find the spot for it it wasn't addressed well enough i feel like there's a lot of storylines that were brought up and then dropped and then brought up again like there was this guy that was kind of having a crush on her and it only gets brought up until the very very end of the show and it's weird because you really would think that the show would try to push that romance and i understand that there was another romance that they were trying to push which i thought was reasonable i thought yeah she would date an older man who's a teacher like that makes sense for carrie but then the show decides to give her a more traditional hot love interest towards the end of the show and i'm like wow like you know you can't even get 50 year old men to date carrie like they have to be like traditionally attractive men like i thought the guy was was attractive the 50 year old guy i'm not gonna lie he was attractive just like the traditionally attractive guy like i don't i don't understand like, like sarah jessica parker is pretty enough that she can get both guys and i can see her with both but i thought that they built up a romance pretty well pretty well enough that i was like okay show sure, i'm i'm not buying it but i'll rent it you know what i mean i can see that and i feel like carrie was also made to be this like really unlikable character she talks about her husband's death so flippantly throughout the show that it almost becomes like an insignificant story detail and i think that that's really bad i feel like because they don't have the timeline established and they didn't establish that it was a whole year it it made it seem like carrie was just moving on from big very quickly and i think that that's really damaging for a show that prides itself to being a thoughtful program about relationships and i think that that's just problematic in general and i'm i'm just gonna leave it at that like carrie storyline inconsistent had some good ideas in the beginning like yes big dying does make sense but it's the fact that carrie comes across as someone who is just quick to move on and wants to date again and i don't think that's really appropriate especially for the fact that i literally spent six seasons rooting for this couple on television that it doesn't really make sense for her to just move on so quickly and also i feel like in general like the show could have easily tackled what it means to to mourn your partner because that is a relationship topic but the fact that they just went were very flippant and gave carrie like these adventures that don't lead anywhere to it and also i feel like they made the mistake of featuring a a purse that in the first series was a sim a symbol of big not knowing who carrie was as a person and having to put in that effort to get to know her and at the end of the series right here they have his ashes in that purse for her to drop and i thought it was a terrible thing because it it was a symbol in the show of carrie feeling ignored by big and for the writers to do it as like a callback i was like it's not a callback because it's not a good callback because it's 
it's inconsistent with the fact that Carrie hated that gift. And Carrie, first of all, wouldn't want to symbolize her husband in a gift that wasn't very good. It's like that television in the second movie where Carrie throwing her husband's ashes at the TV is harmful because like she hated that gift and had to learn to love it. And I, I personally get what they were trying to do with it, but you know what? It's fan service does not matter. It doesn't matter. You know, like it doesn't matter because then, you know, they decided to ruin things for the fans in other ways, just like how they tried to ruin Miranda and Steve's relationship, which is in my opinion, the worst thing the show has ever done for me. Miranda and Steve is, is the most perfect, thoughtful couple the show has ever had. And I, granted that some people said that Steve is a bit of a stalker in the original series, but you know what? I never thought that. I thought he was always persistent into the type of relationship he wanted and that Miranda was the one that was like holding back on her own desires because she was trying to project a certain image of like second wave feminism. And, you know, People forget that you can be a feminist and have kids and get married and have a somewhat traditional life, but still have a job, you know, like it's not something that can be mutually exclusive. Like it can, you can certainly choose to not have kids like Carrie, but Miranda was like, in my opinion, a really good statement on how you can be a professional, smart, intelligent woman and still be a wife and still have kids towards the end of the show. And I feel like the show itself um, did a really good job of, like, addressing that. And for me, and just like that, decided to turn Miranda from being the most likable character the show ever produced, the most relatable one, to being a real mess. I get they were trying to give Miranda a storyline about alcoholism. I understand that. I understand that a lot of people during the pandemic were starting to become more alcoholic and that's a bad habit. But the problem is, is that the show has this misunderstanding of what alcoholism is. The show put in all this effort to show a very, you know, I'm going to say this, a very realistic depiction of how alcoholism works. She's not going around being a drunk and hitting people. She's legitimately, you know, not paying attention. And it was heartbreaking because I actually know someone who really is kind of like that and going through like these moments of like they're not hitting the wall, but they're not in the moment and it feels really hurtful and disconnecting and having little bottles of alcohol in their purse and going off drinking casually throughout the day. Like, I get that. Like, I was sitting there like, yeah. It does feel like that. And then the show decides to just turn it around by having her say, you know what? I'm not going to be a drunk anymore. And that's it. And I'm saying they're like, why did I waste my time praising the show for being realistic? And then it just drops everything like that. It's thoughtless. And then they also have this character named Che who comes in and basically Miranda cheats on Steve with Che. And I have to say that that is a terrible decision for the character to make. I know the writers were saying in their podcast that they wanted to take a certain kind of relationship dynamic, which is the whole let's get married. And after everything goes after the exciting part happens, let's just sort of settle down, watch TV and eat ice cream together and be a married couple like that. And I, and I think that that's admirable. I think people should definitely have their own rules and traditions and settle because sometimes people, when it comes to marriage, 
it's easy. Like, I feel like it's a lot easier to, you know, sort of be happy in certain roles when marriage. Marriage is complicated. Like, it really is. So, like, I, f- I get that they were trying to say that Miranda would never want to just be a couple to sit and watch TV and eat ice cream. But you know what? The original series made it clear that Miranda could be happy there. And guess what? Steve was never someone who wanted to just settle and do that. I felt that this time around, they made Steve really decrepit and very senile, especially considering that the actor himself is still a good-looking guy and is still a very viable actor. He actually, you know, he's deaf in real life now because of the fact that he has hearing aids. Um, Deafness is a spectrum, (laughs) so, you know, I am trying to use the word correctly here. He is deaf. And he is on Chicago Fire having this wonderful, like, acting career and is still charismatic. But in the case of the new Sex in the City, he is so decrepit acting. Why is he acting like being deaf is, like, a paralyzing thing? Like, his character in the show was awkward, but it was cute in an awkward way. Like, he was cute, charismatic, and was very good at, like calling out people's bullshit like there would be moments where care where um uh miranda would do something or say something and he would just call it out like really you're gonna do that like i know you like that's not how it should work and i and i appreciate the fact that like there was a whole episode in the original series where miranda talks about how she's happy just you know folding steve's clothes and not because she's a a servant woman or anything like that but because she's happy knowing that she has a partner that she can wake up to every day and doesn't and she doesn't have to hunt for a relationship and that also is a good in bed i was you know it's weird how the show in 2008 when the movie came out steve and miranda had a relationship problem which i thought was unbelievable back then too but the show established that they could have good sex and so when miranda has this moment in the series where she sits there and says i haven't had sex with steve in so long i'm like i don't believe you I don't believe that. I don't believe Steve does not know how to, quote unquote, pleasure Miranda. I know he does. As, as someone would say in a joke, I know he can have sex. You know, I'm, I can't, I'm not trying to be too vulgar, but I know he fucks, you know. And I think that in the case of like the show, they were trying to like dehumanize and emasculate Steve. And I'm like, look, I'm not all about him being super alpha. No, Steve was perfect because he was a nice guy who didn't need to be traditionally masculine. But they go out of their way to make it seem like that's a bad thing. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? The show had this thesis statement that Steve was a very nice guy. And now they're contradicting that by saying that him being a nice guy is not enough. Like, I don't understand that. Like, the show is contradicting a thesis statement that the original show had rather than complimenting it. And I feel like the showrunners are trying to do that. And I don't buy that. I don't buy that for one bit. Because the storyline from Miranda was supposed to be that she falls in love with a woman. That she's tired in her relationship and she falls in love with a woman. That was the original storyline. Again, Che Diaz, who I've mentioned before is not a woman they're a non-binary character but miranda was supposed to fall in love with uh Le- with professor naya wallace the african-american character that she has in that story and by the way the college career storyline in that miranda goes through 
terrible now because the fact is that it was originally supposed to be she goes back to college and falls in love with her professor which you know i get that i get the whole like you know miranda is going back to college because i went back to college and i feel a little disconnected from my friends a little bit because i'm at a university level now so like for me i do feel that disconnect and in the case of miranda i would i would understand why she would feel a disconnect from her family and her friends and from her husband i get that so for her to fall in love with a professor does make sense story-wise i can get that and also because Nia wallace the actress who plays her the character is a really charismatic one and i and i was hoping that karen pittman would actually have a role but then they decided to give her a last minute bit about her wanting to have kids because they changed the storyline where she where miranda falls in love with non-binary character shay and i will say this they have no chemistry that whole scene that they have where they're where shay is fingering miranda was so uncomfortable because of the fact that like it was a bad decision and the show made it seem like it was a bad decision only for it to be halfway changed to oh they're the love of my life i'm like are you sure about that miranda that they're the love of your life like you can't um fall in love with someone a little bit smarter a little bit more compatible towards you like i get the whole like oh they're exciting and new but no like che diaz to me is an unlikable character because they are hypocritical they go around saying i don't want to ruin your marriage but then when miranda does ruin her marriage they're okay with it. They and they're also really inconsistent because they don't want a traditional relationship, but then want Miranda to have a traditional relationship with them. Or I I am so confused by this character. This character is a living contradiction. And the fact that like they come across as cocky and so like self-aggrandizing, it's like thoughtless from the writers to like have this non-binary character who is all about like positivity and then make them into the most unlikable most most uh, self-centered character like the fact that they're all about like let's help out our community and then Che diaz turns out to be like a really unlikable character like no that is a terrible thing and you know what Che diaz is innovative as a non-binary character because they are the first non-binary character ever on television to now be on the list of the worst tv characters of all time you know they will be there along with chuck mcgill from better call saul even though chuck mcgill is a well-written character not in the same league but chuck mcgill was an unlikable sleaze bag un- intentionally unlikable and Che can also be along t- along with um, Jenny Schechter, the horrible, unlikable, and badly written character from The L Word, which got renewed pretty quickly, and I'm glad they got rid of that character, so I'm hoping that Che gets rid of, got uh, gotten rid of, because the fact is that Che doesn't add anything to the show. Che is just obnoxious, Che is not funny, and also the fact that, like, I don't buy for a second Che would have a sitcom. The fact is that they come across as self-centered, and also like they break some boundaries like the fact is that there's this scene where a character rightfully says no you know i don't want to talk about this subject and chase says step your pussy up which is so odd like why wouldn't someone have some boundaries like i know that carrie is a sex columnist but let her have some boundaries it makes sense for people to have boundaries you know and I don't want to rant too much about Miranda, but that is the worst part of the show. The fact that like they 
took a relationship for six seasons and two movies and they just throw it away for a love story that doesn't mean anything is this it like miranda's love story is with che like all these six seasons and these two movies and she ends up with che is that what i was building up to no thank you please get me a season two so we can correct this as for the other storyline charlotte um it's inconsistent um they have unlikable kid characters on that show now like rock and lily unlikable horrible characters i understand that like they're trying to do a non-binary storyline with charlotte and look non-binary characters should be on tv definitely we need more of that but in the case of like having unlikable non-binary characters at this point no we don't have enough for them to be unlikable please try to make them likable and the fact is that like lily is also like an asian american character why didn't they try to address like that type of relationship with being an asian american adoptee in a white family why didn't they address that that would have been perfect television that is a good storyline for charlotte instead they tried to make them unlikable characters who just go on tiktok which by the way this show feels like it was written about it was written by people who've never had children and they wrote children that they obviously don't have so it's utterly ridiculous how this show functions and the fact is that charlotte again is just annoying and that's it like i'm just gonna leave it at that it's just an annoying storyline as for the good things about it i do think that there are moments where the characters have good conversations but again away from the main storyline and that first episode had some promise i do want to say that like the characters of color with the exception of che diaz who is a terrible character are actually likable and i would have loved to have seen them in their own show like sima carrie's realtor is an actual likable character she's funny charismatic and the actress who plays her i want to see more of her so uh, sarita uh, chonbari she is a likable wonderful actress and i would love to see more of her so please you know if, the, if this show gets anything done right i would love to see a sima spinoff because sima being a south asian character living in new york navigating love and relationships and being a single woman in her 50s now that is a show why didn't she get a show please give her a show because that actress carried those scenes with sarah jessica parker i even think that if they wanted to do a lesbian romance they could have given seema and carrie a love story and i would have bought it because you know what seema is likable and actually has real charisma and if the show wanted to have the four women dynamic seema would have been a great character to add because she is funny charismatic and she knows how to deliver the lines even though they're bad effectively they are effective lines as for naya wallace i liked her so for me for that character to just be abandoned because they didn't get a love story i was like okay well that would have been a good love story with miranda if they had gone down the the path they were originally going to go down especially considering that like she's actually likable and lisa todd wexley yeah that character was actually really good i like nicole ari parker she is good with that character see the three women of color are actually likable it's funny because people were so concerned about them being tokenized and they did get tokenized because they're like the the black friend or the brown friend and you know what i want to see a show with these three women 
having a good time and talking about life in the big city. That would be exciting. Those three women should have a show together. But ultimately, they just don't fit in with Sex and the City because the writing is so bad. The writing tokenizes them and also the fact that like they are likable in a world where the white women are so unlikable and making bad decisions. Ultimately, and just like that, is a terrible experiment on television. I think it's a mediocre show, but it's a terrible experiment about how to bring back characters and take on storylines and take risks. I think that the idea of let's give Miranda a relationship that didn't fit the original series, let's have Carrie constantly be unlikable and annoy us with more Charlotte, um, you know, shenanigans, it ultimately doesn't matter. And I'm going to say this. If you are a fan of Sex and the City, please, please just write some fan fiction continuations because this might as well just be fan fiction. And look, I am totally okay with the idea of this getting a season two because you know what? I do want to see them course correct things. Are they going to do it? Probably not because the writing's already bad. Get someone else other than Michael Patrick King to do this. I am so done with his storylines and do not follow their rule. They have this rule that I forgot to mention. Don't write it unless it happened in real life. Well, some of these people don't have interesting lives, so don't write about them. Overall, and just like that, it blows. Definitely not good television. And you know what? By the end of the day, should have spinoffs. The, the characters of color deserve better. And they deserve their own show instead of revisiting this tired franchise that needs to be laid to rest.